I guess we can start with your your personal life. You said okay. you've always loved animals. Uh, I totally believe that because I also like always loved animals. Yeah. It's pr- pretty pretty easy thing to uh, relate to. Um, I think you said your mom was an animal lover, um, along with how much you like loved uh, Steve Irwin. Everyone yeah. loves Steve <laughs> Irwin. Um, was she pretty much your first inspiration for? you know, be, I guess becoming a vet tech um, and just sort of uh, living alongside pets. Um, like, was she, my mom, for instance, never let us have, like, animals other than a kitten. Yeah. And so, like, eventually we got, uh, I must have been, like, 15, and we got, like, a miniature wiener dog. <laughs> and it was kind of like, all right, this is cool, but, like, it wasn't really, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. Um, did you just have like tons of pets constantly in and out of the house? Like what so was your, no. no, so she, yes, she's my inspiration. She was, um, a wildlife rehabber as well at my mm. age. And she was also a vet tech at my age. Okay. Um, my poor mom. Um, but we only were allowed to have dogs and cats mm. and oh, no, like, I, no, no rodents. No. <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a <laughs> very laid back child, but I was rebellious. So yeah, yeah. Um, like 14 oh. years old, I went to Petco or PetSmart. I don't even remember anymore, but went in. They're like, are you 18? And I'm like, yep, I want this mouse, this mouse, this mouse, this mouse. I brought home mice. I made uh, the storage containers. I turned it into like a little mouse store <laughs> castle thing. Um, and... She never allowed cage pets, so she could not know, okay. which is why I put it in a storage container thing because okay. it does. It's not. It doesn't is look it like because, a cage. Is that because she? She didn't know they were there. Doesn't like cages. Cage or? animals tend to smell worse. Okay, so gotcha, gotcha. urine feces, yeah. stuff like Just that, in the house. Yeah, yeah. when I had chinchillas, yeah, it, like they have their. You can tell, like, yeah. oh, we should have changed that a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, um, started with mice. Um, she she wouldn't go in my room. She. Thought I was being a good child, you know? Um, and then a few maybe months later, I went in. I'm like, these are really cute rats. I want rats. So I got three rats, and I had a fish tank because I was allowed to have fish. Um, it was like a 100-gallon fish tank. It's huge. like takes up like my whole wall. Um, and I got three rats. Love them. I, rats are so like... Wait, so did you get rid of the fish for the rats? So I happened, the fish passed away like when okay. I was younger. So I just happened, we keep tanks and carriers. You never know when you need a carrier yeah, yeah. or something. Um, yeah, but, those tanks can be expensive, yeah, especially 100 gallon. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And she probably got it for cheap at like a yard sale or something. So I don't want to get, <laughs> get rid of that. Um, from the rats, I love them. They're very um, discriminated against, but yeah, they're pretty smart and very sweet. Yeah, I know a lot of people who hate them, especially because of the tail. Yeah, I, I heard they're really smart. They're they're so smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, like I've seen like agility course. Yeah, like runs they're very and, cute. Like, yeah, how how the heck do you train a rat to like do that stuff? Do they actually food, respond? You to know, them? it's all yeah. about repetition and food and stuff like that. Um, from there, um, since I love all animals, I wanted snakes. Mm-hmm. So then I started. I went to a reptile expo <laughs> actually in New Hampshire, and I got my first snake, um, Burmese python. It was a little baby. Um, love Burmese python. python. Yeah, Burmese python, the big guys, <laughs> yeah. guys in Florida I that you're python seeing. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, no, love them. 
Um, those are my favorite species of snakes. So um, things that can eat me, I'm like, mm. <laughs> it wouldn't eat you. It may kill you, but you know, it won't <laughs> eat you. You can't. Are they like poisonous? No, no, no. no. Um, so I got those, and then you know, I kept getting more because I go to reptile expos and. No one would know and sneak them into my room. Time, your mom's not checking inside your room. No, no, she trusts me. It's fine. <laughs> you have it's a fine. literal zoo in your room, and yeah. she's like, "I mean, there's quiet. That's the thing. I got animals that didn't make noise. Yeah. So uh, the issue was that <laughs> the snakes is that they eat mice and rats. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm personally against you know feeding alive animals to another animal that doesn't have a chance to escape from the animal. So. It, mm. Make it a fair game. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So everything I got was frozen thawed, yeah. and I had to sneak it into the freezer, <laughs> uh-huh. or I would have to get it just like weekly because they eat once a week. Um, so that was an interesting. Courtney, get me the pizza bagels. Uh, exactly. like, oh, wrong box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you gotta worry about. <laughs> From there, um, I got rabbits, um, Flemish giants. I still have them. Really? But, yeah. Because those are big. Oh yeah. And they were babies when I got them younger, yeah. I guess. They were originally supposed to be snake food, and I was just, I was like, I'm going to take these home. Um, I'll keep them. I'll let them live. I'll, maybe I'll breed them and feed my own snakes their babies. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I couldn't do it. I ended up neutering. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I ended up neutering the male rabbit. Um, but my mom's allergic to rabbits. Oh. So she started to get, like, a little asthma type yeah. of situations. Uh-oh. And she finally, yeah, she finally looked in there and was like, what the fuck? So. <laughs> Literally a zoo. Yeah. Yeah, you're like... Um, <laughs> she's like, wow. rabbits gotta go. Um, and we'll work on stuff from there. So yeah. didn't get rid of anything, obviously. <laughs> um, so then from there, um, I got my macaws. Um, I have a blue and gold and a scarlet. Okay. Um, birds, right? Birds, macaws, like, I parrots. Know, big, I know nothing very big about parrots. birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, goose and crackers. So they, can they talk? Parrots talk? Yeah. Right? yeah. Imitation. Okay. Um, they can't like have a conversation. Mm. Macaws, at least, not to a certain degree, to like smaller Amazon who can react to certain cues. Yeah. Um, Did you see the, the video of the... I think it was a guy out in his driveway working on his car. Oh, the help. <laughs> yeah. Screaming help and the police show up. And yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's my bird. Yeah, brings him out. Sure, sure. Sure, there isn't someone else also yelling for help in there, you know? Um, then I got some lizards, some tegus. Um, What's a tegu? It's a very big lizard. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like the size of the table, full grown, but including tail. Okay. So the, think of iguanas, but like yeah. rounder. Kind of. Okay. Um, and those Is I was. That you have to keep in a tank. Yeah. That's gonna be a big tank. Oh yeah, I got. Let me try. <laughs> my room was a zoo. <laughs> it was a zoo. Um, wow. A lot of those I ended up rehoming just because mm. size and time and. Yeah. Well, with a reptile, it's big, right? But I guess it's not like a dog. You don't need a. Doesn't need exercise, right? It's just cleaning, socialization, maybe once a day, and okay. um, feeding, yeah, depending easy. on the species, every okay. other day, once a week. So size doesn't necessarily mean like it's gonna be a crazy uh, exactly. amount of work, or okay. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, and then I started getting more into birds. So I got pigeons. Um, always had pigeons. I feel like forever. Mm. Um, and then I got peacocks. So peafowl. Um, this is all at your house. Oh yeah, I built an aviary. 
Um, again, my poor mom. Uh, where do you get a peacock? I ordered them from Missouri, and they came in the USPS. Interesting. In a, a box. Peacock. Yeah. I actually, like, <laughs> most, I feel like most animals are like illegal in mass, but they're n- not. But the peacocks you, are allowed. They are loud, so you have to be mindful of your neighbors and um, certain very loud. You can hear <laughs> their call from like a mile away, and it's really bad during breeding season. My mm. poor neighbors. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I was actually at the post office today and someone had birds delivered and I was like, I know what those are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these, is it like a special type of box, box or something? Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, and then I happened to get a couple pheasants, just rehab ones that mm-hmm. were injured. Um, my mom's least favorite was the tarantulas. Um, yeah, I'm not a big spider. They got out a couple times, so <laughs> yeah. she wasn't the biggest fan of them. And then my dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's like main things. I've owned a lot of them. Wow crazy other things but yeah with the uh a lot of the birds like you said the the pheasants is that something you like try to get them back out into the wild or is it so they're not native they're They're not native um but fish and game raise them up for hunters Mm. and release them in the fall um when it's pheasant season um so they're all penries they have no um wild instincts because mm. they've been they fed like corn and pellets in a pen yeah um, wow. so a Literally lot of just to go shoot them yeah that's interesting yeah i'm not huh. a big fan of that as well but it's just an interesting con yeah that's weird to release <laughs> invasive animals to the environment but i mean yeah. it also well, like people are paying pigs. for that and that money goes into conservation so it's okay. like a it's like a win lose lose win type yeah, just situation. Eat the environment, like all the vegetation and like. Yeah, when I think a lot of them pheasant. starve. Oh really? A lot of them starve. Oh, a lot of them get hit by cars. A lot. Of, I most of my rehab <laughs> animals I've gotten like pheasant wise, yeah. broken legs, broken wings. They've been Ooh. shot at. So, yeah. uh, the ones that get away, yeah, have bullet wounds, and a few will make it through the winter, but very rarely they're from. I think Japan, they're ornamental oh. animals, so yeah, um, wow, yeah, that's a whole another topic <laughs> yeah, situation they sound like to they talk about. Not be living around here, no. <laughs> um, but the they they just interesting animals, mm. honestly. They're really pretty. The males, um, females are pretty, just not as colorful. So yeah. <laughs> same with the peacocks, and I didn't have like the typical colors. I had um, an all black one, um, an all gray one, and um, an all white and red and is one. It color in the black at all, or is it just like pretty much all all black? So it like opens up and it's, it's just this black, black yeah. curtain. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I'll show you pictures wow. later. So. Yeah. Um, the but I should say no rehabbing animals. They are not pets, so they right. cannot be treated as pets. So any wildlife I got is wildlife. Yeah. Not to be treated as pets unless it's on, on non-releasable, and that goes to like an education facility. Okay. So I just want to throw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before people start yeah, catching like, animals outside. Yeah. And, don't go like catching birds in yeah. your backyard. Yeah. That's not fair. A lot of federal <laughs> permits for birds too. So. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Is there a whole like process like for you to like go order? Like the pheasants? Like, is there any, like... So, I couldn't order... Those are all rehab pheasants that were... Mm. I don't want to release them because it's hunting season and they're invasive. So, it wouldn't make sense for me to release them. Gotcha. Um, I only had... My most recent was a male and a female. Um, And I just kept those until I found um, 
somewhere to transport them to that can keep them on like a farm. A little bit more room. <laughs> so you can live their little pheasant days. Yes. <laughs> without getting run over. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of animals. Yeah, I had I had a wiener dog and cats. So <laughs> nothing nothing nearly as fun as, as that childhood. Oh wow. no. Um <laughs> that's crazy. And when did you get your first the Shadow your first dog or Jetta? Jetta's my Jetta's first dog first? on my own, yeah. Okay. She's gonna be this upcoming year so mm-hmm. i got her in february whatever five years ago was yeah. so um, <laughs> 16 17 i think it was 17 or 18 like yeah um, um did your mom know you were getting jetta so i didn't live with my mom at that point okay um i moved out when i turned 18 so um me and uh, my significant other um had been living together for a bit so we um i got jetta i didn't tell him mm. but <laughs> surprise I, that's what i do i guess that's like my thing i yeah. am a shiloh fable don't tell yeah. people i just get them yeah, that's kind of like what i did with sam it was just like well here's one border collie well here's the second border collie it's just like yeah yeah um yeah so you got jetta um mm-hmm. and then what what is she? She's she's like she a mix. Works? She's a Sato, which is a Puerto Rican street dog, pretty okay. much, um, from Paws for Survival. Um, it's funny because her Paws for Survival is owned by um, a rehabber who I met at the mm. Wildlife Center where I learned to rehab and stuff like that. So okay. um, that's how I met her, and that's how I ended up getting her. We're really close. So that's awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, she came down after one of the hurricanes, um, right at either right before or right after and i lucked out when i got her so okay interesting and then that that'll lead us obviously to shiloh and and fable yeah so i'll i'll go ahead and uh say so that akc they register whoop currently register 197 dog breeds which i could probably only name like seven i don't know what the 190 (laughs) other ones are um many people fall in love with their breed like myself it's like i looking forward into the future 15 years from now my guys are gone it's like yeah i can get another border collie like i don't see myself getting a lab or a like i'm like border collie border collie you know it's like that's my breed um you know and then there's plenty of people out there that like kind of like jetta it's like don't really know what she is but we love her exactly Um, yeah so yeah, so I grew up, I've already mentioned Maisie, the first dachshund we got. Then we got a Yorkie a couple of years later. <laughs> Not that I don't consider them dogs, but it's <laughs> like, it's different. <laughs> a Yorkie and a dachshund are way different than like a Border Collie. Uh, and and I love them, but it was definitely a different experience to what I'm dealing with yeah. now, where I have to be way more involved like the Yorkie, a lot of times if we were out, it's like, all right, they can be home and they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like they don't need to be out exercising. Like <laughs> they were real easy, I guess. Um, so, you know, so yeah, I've kind of found my breed, um, and I'd wager it's the Snoots. <laughs> but but what drew you to Borzois? What the hell is a Borzoi? Um, and are they a good dog for someone who's maybe getting their first dog slash they've had like 
a dog before or do they need someone who's going to be like you know very knowledgeable intimate with them and, and like dedicated um so i guess yeah i guess we could start with what the heck's a borzoi <laughs> yeah so um borzois they're sight hounds they originated in russia another name for them is russian wolfhound um they're uh hunting dogs so they're very um, stimulated by things running, um, mm. being hare, coyote, rabbit, small dogs, small cats. You know, you got to be careful. <laughs> um, that's something to think about when, you know, if you were thinking about a warzoi, is they are hunting breeds. They're pretty primitive. Um, there isn't much change to them since they've been originated. So um, I think, honestly, they could be a good first dog if it's something that you can commit your time to um space especially yard space they need to have access mm. to a yard um pretty often you know okay. small dog young always need a lot of exercise and yeah. stuff like that <laughs> and not like forced exercise but free play right um they're uh patience you need patience because they're like cats they right. they really okay. are like cats um, they're stubborn in training, um, <laughs> but it is possible. Everything can be re- very rewarding if you know what you're doing. So, okay. um, and then understanding their behavior, um, they hold grudges. So they're they're smart. They <laughs> hold smart. grudges. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really knowing that, again, they're sight hounds, so they're hunting. So you gotta keep in mind right. what's around you. You have to socialize yeah. them when they're young. Or get an older dog that's already been socialized. Okay. <clears throat> and sounds like you'll want to really have a strong recall because you don't so want them. You can never, off. Tr- honestly, you can never really never trust, trust them, them. <laughs> um, off leash and like without fencing. Okay. Um, that's because yeah, they're fast too. I mean, zero to thirty-five miles per hour yeah. in like three strides. So, um, obviously, recall training is super important. But if they're Forcing something yeah. that's they're <laughs> not over. like something you can call off very easy mm-hmm. um and that's just super important to make sure you work with them that they trust you that um you know they know that your family stuff like yeah. that because when they hold a grudge <laughs> and they see something and they're taking off yeah 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 they're not coming back to right. you yeah. so that's funny um but yeah i'll probably always keep borzois um I'd also like to do um, at least one rescue and then a foster dog, maybe. That's what mm-hmm. I like to do is I like to foster. I like to have a rescue because in- imminently I'll get, oh, you're a purebred snob. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's so many dogs without homes. And I agree there is. But someone who wants a dog that they want, they're mm-hmm. not going to stop to get a dog from a rescue. Right. They're going to get their breed no matter what. Yep. So it's about making sure you're getting it from a right breeder yep. um, who does the important stuff and um, just making sure you do your research on rescues as well. So yeah. there's good rescues, bad rescues. And that's a whole other topic as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, with Bailey and Banjo, like I knew I, like when I was first like, all right, let me get a border collie and see like, you know, I, 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 that's what I want. Um, there were a few that were like, in shelters but i didn't even hear back and i assume it's because they're going to be picky with probably who they send those dogs with exactly because they don't want the the dog back yeah Yeah. um and so i did have to kind of go to a breeder only because i was like all right i tried to get these like (laughs) five dogs i couldn't like all right so let me do my research and you know i found someone who like i've got paperwork that goes back you know Way yeah. back, it's weird. It's like, oh, this is your great, 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 
you yep. know what it's like That's it's pretty been. cool so like yeah definitely have to do your research find someone who like cares about like you know health yeah you know, does all the testing um um that was that was something that I was real worried about because the the Yorkie we had was uh, from a puppy mill and she's had just I mean she's I think she's sixteen so she's like she's lived long but yeah. she's she's blind and deaf which whatever she's seventeen yeah I don't know I assume that's common in older dogs um, smaller dogs yeah yeah but then her she had nasty teeth it like I think it like five like she had like two teeth left she had to keep having them yoinked and then uh she always has like these cysts growing all over mm-hmm. that she has to have like cut open and like drained and it's like yeah. just a lot of like i don't know i just feel like bad for her. yeah like, you know like she when was they just come in from those situations and, yeah, yeah it's like you always want to make sure if you're gonna buy a dog you want to get from someone who does you know akc ukc mm-hmm. um so american kennel club uh united kennel club yeah. um their dogs are registered you can have a registration number from registered parents mm-hmm. um and then um making sure you know they do the appropriate health testing and or do something with your their dog so confirmation what i do with shiloh agility mm-hmm. field work right. um bite work you know uh, obedience there's so many things that they could do with their dog to make sure that their dog is you know bettering the breed so um you want to make sure you know if you're getting dogs from uh, a breeder that their dogs are papered titled healthy um and that are you know active participants in their breeds either breed groups or as like a dog breed as a whole yeah yeah it's it's, it's hard it's very hard yeah <laughs> and it's something like look like thinking about in the, even in the future. It's just like there's a lot of backyard breeders, and <laughs> yeah. all of them have the best intentions. They're like, this dog right. is sweet. It's beautiful. People say they want puppies, but yep. they're not. It's just a dog. Yep. It's not you know papered, registered. It's yep. not doing the job it was bred for. If mm-hmm. it has a job, and it's just kind of you know getting it's getting the, it's getting bred because they think they deserve a litter out of it, right. and a lot of people will you know unfortunately think that they're doing the dog justice but yeah i've even seen um like at the dog park uh what's his uh little cooper (laughs) there's this german shepherd little cooper and he knocked up i think baby cakes is the husky and so like uh you know baby cakes is owner was looking for a uh a dad and you know he liked cooper but again it's sort of just like oh they did it and had babies there wasn't yeah. like a let's do proper uh, well, stuff. Uh, making a big assumption on my end yeah i don't think there was <laughs> yeah. any like oh well, let's see like cooper's ha-. it was sort of just like yeah it happened cool let's sell them and it's yeah. sort of like okay <laughs> yep. that's what usually people do and yeah um and you just don't know what you know what i mean like a lot of breeders i know they'll like specifically pair certain dogs exactly you know and um, a lot of the um, AKC, UKC is very against mixed breeds. So just pairing dogs together because you think mm. they'll make a cool mix. Right. Doodles, you know, yeah. famous doodles. <laughs> Which I'll be able to I gotta admit, that was my least favorite breed when I started, but they've grown on me probably the most. Um, we I all have, have that dog. Yeah, so. I've got like three that I watch Elsie, um, Mudman, Wally. Mm-hmm. 
and they're all yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's obsessed with the mud uh yeah all three of them they're just so like I don't know, I just love the affection, I guess, that they give me. I used yeah. to find them annoying, I think, mostly because a lot of the doodles at the dog park are like... Uh, Neurotic messes. Yeah, they come to the dog park and they're like, Alright, this is the first time I've been out all day! And they're just like all over the place and nuts. Yeah. Uh, but at least the ones I watch, like, I get all their energy out and, like, they're pretty... Like, yeah. they're chill and they're, like, lovable and snuggly, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, they've grown on me a lot. Yeah. Um... But yeah, definitely at first, when I first, I was like, I hate doodles. And now I'm like, I love doodles. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely switched fan clubs. Um, so yeah, what exactly is it for you that drew you to like Borzois? Um, what well, do you admire about them? The, I, the first time I ever saw a Borzoi was um, with someone who was hunting their hawk um, in falconry. <laughs> so, and then he had a, a Borzoi coursing it. So it was really mm. cool to watch, you know, the focus the dog had yeah. and the communication between the dog and the hawk. And then cool. the dogs are majestic and regal and yeah. they're beautiful. Yeah, Shadow's very like, he could oh. just have a little like crown and he'd be like yep. all set. Oh, well, they can be super derpy and like, <laughs> what are even, you're a noodle horse yeah, creature. Like what? <laughs> like, what are you? So yeah, they're really cool dogs. <laughs> yeah, every time I've, like interacted with them especially fable like i don't know just being so small like seeing it's cool seeing like shiloh huge and regal and then seeing her tiny and regal <laughs> like one day you'll be that huge i it's know like, wow she's um, grown so fast so i can't even like keep up i'm like Ugh. yeah um so speaking of uh shiloh's regalness um i went to the cape cod fairground when was that september i think no. No, August. It might have been such sometime, a sometime, yeah. Sometime either in the summer or fall. Anyway, they had a dog show there. That was my first experience at a dog show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Uh, I definitely had preconceived notions of... I'm going to meet a bunch of, like, snobs. And I got to say there was a lot less snobs than I thought. Mm-hmm. Actually, the 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 most snobby one ended up just being one of the ladies there that told me to stop taking photos. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole whole other story. Um, so it was my first time. I think there was like twelve hundred dogs at that one. Yeah, I'm like it was a like big one. That's one of the biggest ones. It was massive. Uh, they had like thirty different rings of. Yeah. Uh, and I was definitely very overwhelmed with like. Just everything. Hey, Tucker. Hi, <laughs> kitty cat. Um, between, I guess, trying to figure out, you know, like, what is the judge doing? And, like, what are the dogs and the, the People, yeah. handlers doing? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely nice seeing you and Shiloh working together. Like, yeah. he was happy. You were happy. <laughs> like, it was nice. Um, so if you could talk maybe about what the requirement so like what does sh- both you and shiloh need to get into the dog show um you know just to be able to like compete mm-hmm. uh why or how do you get the points and why do the points matter mm-hmm. uh is like does it matter per event is this like a thing that keeps carrying over and accruing um and 
what was it like <laughs> in front of like your first big crowd where like everyone's watching and it's just sort of like, all right, here we go. We, I assume you were very nervous. Uh, so if you could just talk about, you know, that, uh, you know, I'd love to hear, hear yeah. your first experience there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the shows are very like, I'm still learning myself, so I may misspeak a little here, but <laughs> I'm still right. learning. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to it. I mean, I was I like, I started um, with confirmation, which is one of the levels of the AKC that they offer. They're, at that fairgrounds, they were doing dock diving and obedience mm -hmm. and rally runs, too, um, and agility, I think, as well, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but... So there's different levels of it. Um, Shiloh's in confirmation, which is um, making sure the dog's confirmationally correct. So um, his weathers, his pasterns, his head, his ears, his tail, everything you know, has to be... Stop you for one sec. Yeah. What were the first two ones you said? His withers and his pasterns. Okay. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so pretty much like the wrist. Oh, okay. Is the pasterns. Yep. Um, the withers is the sh up to the shoulder. So it's so like, like horse checking. terms almost. Too. Okay. Is that like checking the... Like making sure everything's girth? appropriately sized. Okay. Um, like no deformations. Exactly. And, okay. and then um, making sure the wrist isn't bent too much. Um, sure. The tail, making sure it doesn't go above a certain level. It should be graceful. Um, the back, the hocks, so the back legs, making sure that angulation's correct. The feet, making sure the feet's correct. Um, even the body, just making sure the body structure is correct. For mm -hmm. Borzois, they have a slope in their body, so there are they're, they start low and then they come up and then they go down. Yeah. Um, and then they, everything should just flow after that. Um, so he, the judge is checking those. So when the judge comes up, he feels the dog feels. Uh, make sure his both his testicles are there. You know, make sure you got. <laughs> you don't want to have a um, cryptorchid dog, which is when the testicles are you know in the body. So that yeah. would it, it's genetic. So it's super yeah, important that the dog doesn't have that. It was a. I think his name's Tiga. It was an Irish, I think Irish wolfhound or Irish deerhound. Scottish deerhound. Scottish deerhound. There we go. Looks kind of similar to Shiloh, but yeah. like, looks like a werewolf. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he had, he, he had trouble. His, he didn't drop. And yeah. like, there was this whole, like, they couldn't fix him or something because they didn't drop. They can still get fixed. It's okay, just then. more like a spay almost. Oh, interesting. So it's more invasive. Okay. Compared to a neuter, which is external, it's a little easier. Okay. Um, but uh, so the judge is checking all that, making sure you know facial structure, teeth. They that's super important. Borzois they check the teeth. Okay. Make sure because the breed can be missing teeth. Hmm. Um, Does it matter? Just thinking of my border collies, like their teeth are like filed down from like frisbee. And stuff. <laughs> do they care about like that, like so wear and do. tear? Yeah, okay. they do. Work, um, they, I believe it's just the incisors they look at for border collies. I'm not 100% sure because every breed is different what they're looking for. Mm. Um, but the breeders will usually lift the lips so you can see the teeth. Okay. Or not breeders, the handlers. Um, and then they have you run around the ring to see the gait of the dog to make sure that's correct. Yep. Um, and then how well the dog behaves and, you know, if he listens to the correct commands you give him. Okay. Um, and they're expressive in their, their breed. Um, so that's what the judge is looking for. And what the handlers are doing is they're trying to show off the dog to the best of their ability to, you know, show that that dog deserves those points. Mm. Um, and then. So you got to really know that dog because you want to bring out the best, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. You want to show off. So if you know your dog has like a flaw, some dogs do, um, mm -hmm. that, then that's fine as long as it's like not major. 
Gotcha. Um, so if your dog, you know, you try to show, say his feet are weird in the front, mm-hmm. you try to show from the side, you know, okay. if his, um, it's a head breed, so Great Danes are a head breed, they got the big, nice head, <laughs> that's what they try to that's show off sure. in the ring, okay. is the head um, of that breed, because that usually will decide, you know, winners, mm-hmm. the big things. Um, sight hounds are movers, so um, the gait is super important, yeah. and then obviously the teeth and tail and just the movement of the dog overall mm-hmm. yeah it is, um, it's cool watching him like move oh like, yeah especially with the tails curled and all the hairs just like yeah it's, it's like wow yeah that is one of his faults um it should be a little bit more flatter that's oh, something we're working on okay. um yeah the ring is okay at the end but he should be lowering his tail okay a lot of young dogs i've heard will do it but hmm. I, that's one of his faults that i know um okay. is something we're working on yeah um, huh. And that you, uh, as a handler, you should be able to point out your dog's faults. Hmm. If you say your dog's perfect, then you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're wrong, <yeah. laughs> wrong. And so that show um, was really cool. We got our first major and some points. Um, points being, you know, how many dogs he beats. So hmm. uh, for Borzois, um, in our area, it's regional. So every regional area, mm-hmm. different point system. Because there's okay. more dogs, say, out west for my breed right. than fewer dogs here. That's why, like, okay. when you look at their, the schedule, there's, like, three boys yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and meanwhile, golden retrievers, there's like 40. Sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, so points for New England area. Um, there's three dogs. Um, makes one point. Okay. Three females. Um, makes one point. Um Sorry, sorry, I'm saying this all wrong. That's <laughs> no, all right. Um, two dogs makes one point. Okay. Three dogs makes two points. And then four dogs is three points, which is a major. Okay. Um, you need two majors to go towards a championship. And that's what you're working towards with the points mm. um, to get your dog titled. Okay. Um, so championship, grand champ, or champion, and grand champion. And there's different levels of grand champion. So platinum, silver, bronze. Um, gold stuff like that mm-hmm. um how many points do you like win at like per show i guess what's like the max you can get like so i believe it's six okay um i've never gotten to that point to know because there's barely any borzois right. that show yeah. in the new england area apparently <laughs> so um he got his first major at that show and then two points um the day after okay. um his first show that we ever did um I was super nervous, but I was told that I didn't. I did act like I know what I was doing, and they didn't know I was new. They thought yeah. I was a handler, and that's a compliment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice. I was like, nope, this is my first time for everything. <laughs> so um, they were actually really nice. The people I met there um, showed me how to groom, like fluff up his fur properly, okay. and you know, um, and he got his first point at that show, which was really cool. Um, the judge really liked him. I started practicing before I ever showed. Mm-hmm. Um, back when Shell was probably like seven months old, he was a year and oh, a six months when he first showed, which was really cool. Um, I go to the Wampanoag Kennel Club in Akushnet, um, and my sponsor, um, I joined their kennel club there too. So my sponsor there, um, does a confirmation class okay. and, uh, she pretty much, um, fine tuned everything for him, Yeah, worked on him. I mean, she does a whole bunch of breeds. So, mm-hmm. 
obviously you have to finesse your own breed to the best of your ability, but she's going to get them set up for you in -hmm. the way that the judge is looking for. So we do different like um, runs around. So you know how we run around a circle, diagonal, there's like a triangle, like there's a whole bunch of different types of runs that the judge may ask. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so from the practice to the actual show, it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, I can imagine. A lot of time. Oh, yeah. And um, some people will show uh, dogs as puppies, um, mm-hmm. four to six months. There's a puppy group. <laughs> and I just, I feel like it could be a little overwhelming for them. So I, yeah. that's why I haven't showed Fable yet. But okay. I'll probably wait until she's closer to a year. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Otherwise, I think I answered that. Um, so he's got one major. How many majors do you need to get a... So two majors um, to be, to get into or two majors and 15 total points Okay. Um, <clears throat> for his just regular championship title. Gotcha. Um, and then, like, if you bred him, would that be, like, he's, like, the man? <laughs> like, is there um, something special? Like The title just proves that he was worthy, Okay. Um, confirmationally correct to be bred, you know? It's like bragging rights. Exactly. It's bragging yeah. rights, but on top of that, he still needs health testing before that is ever done. Gotcha. So each breed has their own health testing that is required. Not required, but is recommended. Mm. And that's what you should be looking for in a breeder. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so super important to look for health testing on the OFA website, which is the Orthopedic Foundation for Animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll tell you what specific testing you need for your breed to be considered um, a health tested, correct you know, breeder. Okay. Um, if they don't do any testing, then it's considered a backyard breeder. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. Um, from I, I know we are going back and forth here, but um, I know when Shiloh gets points and he's winning over dogs. Yeah. Um, the way it works is he has to beat the number of dogs, so only males. Um, mm-hmm. He has to beat the males, and then the male winner, winner of the male, winner of the female, go up against each other. Yep. And then. Um, the judge will choose from there, and then the second winner. Um, and then from there, they go to uh, all the champions, the art dogs that are already champions gotcha. who are in the ring. Like other hounds? So, nope, other Borzoi champions. Oh, good gotcha. okay. Yeah, so that's the last um, thing where they go around. Um, and there'll be a couple champions, either males or females, and there could be a, a whole number of them. Mm-hmm. And they're working towards, like, their grand championship or a certain level of grand championship. Gotcha, okay. Um, so the judge will then pick from all those. Um, and that's how they know when you can go to groups. So that's when you're going up against other hounds. Okay. And then the winner of the hounds, winners of the toy, working, um, sporting, herding, Mm -hmm. um, will go against each other as like a one big, um, best in show. show, Exactly. That's interesting that like the thought of like huge boars are right. (laughs) <laughs> like all right and then like a little yorkie and it's just like yeah. how do you pick like they're so different that it's like what do you mean there's a best it's yeah, like exactly. you know what i mean that's interesting yeah and there's certain judges that do have to be specialized in each one of those groups okay, to be right. able to choose like, the winner for exactly and, for the yeah. best in show huh. and that's huge bragging rights to win best in show yeah i can um, imagine because that's like like at that cape cod one i mean that's like 
400 dogs you just oh, yeah. eat. That's like exactly insane. Your dog was number one, and yeah. that's a like huge bragging rights, and a lot of people will post like best in show winner dog, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you do see yourself getting Fable into eventually? Yeah, I'd, I would like to get her in there probably around a year, maybe seven to eight months. Yeah. Now that I know what I'm doing, obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> COVID happened and I couldn't get Sh- Shiloh into training sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just him being a dumb boy, so. <laughs> I know. A little, um, a little slower on the yeah. uptake sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Females are typically a little smarter, I will say. Yep. Um, but I do think I'll get her in at least by a year old um, just okay. to, you know, get her out there. She's been going to shows with me. She just hasn't been going in because she, she needs vaccines, but just gotcha. socialization with the car ride, um, meeting people, that's yeah. totally fine. Like just being in the area. Exactly. Yeah. Seeing what's going on, waiting her turn. That's super yeah, important. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dogs. Patient, yeah. Yeah, no impulse. I'm sure you saw that, the sled dog thing. Dogs oh, freaking out, waiting for their yeah, turn. Yep. <laughs> nuts. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So she needs her vaccines. Uh, she needs to not be fixed. Anything else on her end? Um, Is that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. She, okay. I mean, they need to have a registration number so that way <laughs> they can track you on the AKC website right. for points, majors, the judges. Okay. Um, those are the main things. Um, and then from there, it's just, you know, doing the shows. Yeah, okay. That's fun. Um, and you mentioned earlier the first time you saw Borzoi. It was like hunting with a hawk. Yeah. Um, and you've had a few hawks. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you sent me a cool video once where you like whistle and the hawk comes flying in. And yeah. I just think it's crazy that you can like train a bird to like come. Yeah. But that's that's just me being like a chimp and like <laughs> being narrow minded and saying, yeah. like, oh, birds aren't smart. Like, no, they are smart. They're yeah. smart in a different way. Yeah. They don't build, you know structures and houses and roads but they're still smart yeah um so what goes there's got to be a lot that goes into like owning a hawk or i guess not owning owning is not probably the best word you know uh being a guardian to the hawk uh (laughs) or rehabbing a hawk um what are like what I get so many questions. Like, I know, like I gotta walk. I gotta walk my dog, right? I gotta bring yeah. them out for exercise. Like, what do you have to do with a hawk? Do you need to? Do you need to stimulate their brain? Do you need to like get them to burn energy off? Yeah. So, um, what they require is just like um, what's re- what's recommended, at least from my experience, is getting the bird out at least three to four days a week to actually hunt, but okay. also doing flight exercises. Um, keeping the muscle because um, you got to be like an a, a Olympic athlete for in the bird world to be able to survive. Mm. Um, if you're fat, you're not flying. Right. Um, so when they get uh, extra food, um, they're sitting, they're conserving their energy for when they need it and, okay. you know, building up fat for the winter so they don't have to do much hunting because mm. that's when everything's skim. Um, but uh, just flying, you know, uh, feeding do once you, or twice a day depending on the species. So do you let it you let you know like Nira do you Nira Naira Naira do you let Naira just like all right we're in the backyard here you go go get your dinner and like come back or like what no so the relationship between the human and the bird um it's it's different differs obviously with different people but Mm. um you obviously want to build trust so um 
the first, you know, working with her, she actually came as a rehab patient um, that fell from the nest, and she tested oh. positive for rodenticide, which is rat poison. So okay. mom accidentally fed babies rat poison. Mm. So I'm assuming the whole rest of the nest probably died yeah, um, because people are poisoning rats and the rats go outside or mice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to take advantage of a dead animal. So right. um, easy. Yeah, easy food. Or just slow and dying animal, mm-hmm. you know, pick off the weak, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> survival of the fittest. Um, but she fell out of the nest and um, her clotting time was like 20 minutes. And it's supposed to be one to two minutes, if that. Okay, what's clot like blood? Blood clotting, clotting yep. Okay. So, uh, so if she like bled, it would just keep bleeding. Exactly, because okay. rodenticide is a anticoagulant. So mm. when you're, it pretty much blocks the production of um, vitamin K, which is the clotting um, in the blood. Okay. And um, so when she came in, she had that. She had blood and coming from her eyes especially if they fall from just thinking if oh, they yeah. fall from any the trauma, nest yep. that's gonna be any trauma they, they just bleed profusely mm. um so she got vitamin k treatments for that and fluids and supportive care um the person who found her kept her for a couple weeks at the vital stage where they should be learning mom is a hawk mm-hmm. they Bert, naira learned mom is a human right so she's considered an imprint okay um, which is she thinks she's a human um, and I know that sounds cute. It is not. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, like to me, it's sort of like, oh, that's cute. But I know, like, ugh, Yeah, like, she had no fear of humans. Yeah. So, typically with red-tailed hawks, there's, you can either get habituation, which is just used to humans, which, what mm-hmm. falconry is, is getting hawks used to humans and hunting with them. Right. Um, and then there's imprint, which is like mom is human. Yeah. And mom equals food. Mom equals, you know, dad equals food, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her, it's a little different than what you would do with, like, a normal falconry bird. So um, for her, it was kind of trying to get her to be more dependent on herself because if she sees me as a sole food source, they can turn aggressive. Oh. And they're fearless because she thinks she's human. So she's they can attack people. Okay. Um, they would, like, not necessarily attack you, but, like... No, they potentially oh, really? i've been attacked a couple times by my own hawks that wow. yeah were misraised Interesting. Um, oh yeah um, so they associate you with food but they don't so if i don't have food and i go into mad. like the pen she would probably go and try to grab me you know huh. and those towns they're not something to play with so <laughs> no i'm good um, <laughs> but yeah so that was making her confident in herself to be dependent was okay. the main thing when i first got her so she had to self-feed herself I mm-hmm. would just provide the food, but from, like, a blind, so she wouldn't see that I was the one providing the food. Okay. Um, so Do they it, not have a sense of smell? I think it's very, very weak. Very weak, okay. Um, especially for Mostly vultures, just... you know. Sight, also sight animals. Okay. I guess I have a thing for sight animals. <laughs> um, but it's uh, having her um, feed herself, and pretty much from there, we would build muscle, um, and having her just be around me as a positive reinforcement because mm-hmm. an imprinted bird should not be released mm-hmm. because any point where it's at a low and not feeding itself, it's going to go to a human and that human could potentially harm it or, mm-hmm. you know, kill it, you know. Um, or if, if it goes up to someone and grabs it, you know, so it's not going to turn out well for the bird. Right. goes up to someone's chickens and isn't afraid of the farmer or person running up to the them and the chicken, it's not going to fly off, mm-hmm. so... And that's gonna get, get shot. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my last birds is a, a 
uh, bear that got shot. So that was not fun. Well, it's um, like, like bears, right? Like I hate seeing, like I saw a video the other day of, I assume it was like college kids partying up in some like who knows where in some yeah. log cabin and it's like there's a bear that came out to the bear and they're feeding it and it's just like you have no idea what Habituation. you're doing right now yep. like that bear is now gonna have to die yeah it's gonna go up to someone and like, it they're could gonna hurt probably someone. i assume like they'll preemptively like kill it if it has too much exposure because i like, think they get a couple strikes for bears yeah. um they get tag on their ear to show if they've been mm-hmm. around people before and if it's multiple offense Okay. Type of bear, and then euthanasia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like the same with the hawks, though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hawks are a little bit more forgiving because it's uh, federal mm-hmm. stuff to go because the um, Lacey Act, they're protected. Okay. What's um, the Lacey Act? So, it prevents the transport, capture, um, rehabbing of anything um, that's federally protected. So, mm-hmm. Uh, certain species of snakes so we can't get reticulated pythons into massachusetts because they're um massachusetts ruled against it to be in our state so okay. it's on the lacy act like, even if your wildlife rehab or like absolutely no matter what you had to get permission okay you had to get special permit permission from mass government mm. back then it might have been a little easier now they're super super strict um so it's very hard to do rehab work without a microscope on top of you you know yeah yeah, yeah. um so that was um some of the issues is lacy act stuff um hmm. federal permits stuff like that it's super intense and not a fun time so yeah, <laughs> honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but habituation that's one of the things um so that could be a death sentence right. thankfully for hawks um their habituation goes away once they're fat Mm-hmm. So once they're fat and happy, they want nothing to do with you because they're fat and happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the birds, you know, in shape, lean, hunting, they see you as like a, a source of, um, you know, food, shelter, nope. um, you know, weather protection. They're going to want to, you know, be around you. Mm-hmm. So that's what a lot of falconers will use to help um, build their relationship with their bird. Um, this habituation through food through training, um, through hunting and making the bird successful because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of falconry is to make the bird successful. Yeah. Um, the, the death rate for wild hawks and, and owls and falcons, all those ones out there, um, is like 80%, 90%. Oh. They die their first year. Really? Because it's very hard to be a hawk, you know. You got to yeah. fend for yourself from the moment, you know, you're born. Yeah, it's very competitive, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It is. Interesting. And there's also hit by cars. You, mm-hmm. There's poison that's taking out a lot of them. You know, that sick, the, the young hawk doesn't know that the food's poisoned. So right. they're going to take advantage of that slow rat or mouse <laughs> yeah. moving along. So that's another reason why they die. And, you know. That's sad, yeah. Yeah. So it's very sad and that's it's like, very hard to do rehab you gotta be used to you know death gore stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah wow so if it lay you know if mom lays six eggs that's like most of them aren't gonna make it maybe one maybe that's one crazy. or two wow yeah i don't see i don't see hawks too often i don't think you know like occasionally during the summer yeah i'll see them like above the dog like one or two yeah but yeah i don't yeah I guess that makes sense because I don't see see a whole lot of them. They're also going to be where their prey is. Mm. 
So there's a lot of songbirds at Dog Park, Sodder's Neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's actually a pair of Cooper's hawks that live there. Okay. So you'll see those. They're small little hawks. Um, they have longer tails. They're, they're about the size of a crow. Um, so you'll see those guys a lot. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, very spicy little attitudes. Yeah. Um, that was probably one of my favorite bird stories was a Cooper's hawk named Mayday. Um, he also he was one of the big ones that attacked people because they get very like accipiters. It's just like they're high strung, high strung, high strung, mm. and they're like dogs. If they don't get their energy, they gotta right. release it somewhere. Just and like, he, oh yeah, I got him as a baby with a broken leg and. Um, fix that up but he had like a little like leg tilt to the side and <laughs> we called him a little boomerang because if he didn't catch whatever he was flying at he'd come around and come back at you right. and try to grab your face oh, so he was he'd be quick <laughs> oh yeah he didn't like tall men um or flip-flops so especially if you were a tall guy or had flip-flops he would go for you what, a, what an interesting like quirk. they're weird they're very weird birds like, what a thing to pick up on oh yeah flip-flops <laughs> I know. Wow. It, it must have been someone who wore, like, nail polish that was red one time because red equals blood, you know? Yeah, Just, yeah. like, how they pick up on – that's what they know to eat. Okay. Um, But, yeah, that's a lot of falconry stuff. They can go a lot more in-depth with that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but main things is um, – I know you asked about Naira. She's um, now an ambassador um, hawk for a flight program. Um, I think she's out west now. Hmm. Um, I transfer her because she's non-releasable. Um, okay. Love that bird. That was the hawk in the video that yeah. I sent you. But so cool. She was amazing. Perfect personality. Um, she didn't try to attack anyone. She was amazing. <laughs> so she... Um, is it you don't have like the time and space and this is better for her or like... So I wanted to continue trying to get young birds, so passage okay. birds, which means a first-year bird. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to get more passage birds successful like her. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of like a challenge. Like, I know it can do it. I know a lot of people have been, um, they, they struggle or they failed in trying to raise a imprint red-tailed hawk because, mm-hmm. like I said, they get aggressive real quick, especially when they hit sexual immaturity. They just take it out on everything on you. That's interesting. Because I never picture birds as being, like, I guess aggressive. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe towards, like, other birds. Yeah. Or, like... Prey. Prey. Yeah. But yeah. I guess, or I guess, yeah, I guess I never thought that birds would look at us as prey. Yeah. Pretty is much. That, is that it's, fair to say? Do they... Maybe not prey, but competition. Okay. Or, like I said, a food source. Yeah. Um, or a sexual companion you know mm-hmm. there's birds that <laughs> will do so that funny. so um because yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know some of them uh like mate for life right yeah yeah well, most of them most birds will stay together um unless one passes they will move on okay. um or lost or you know there's times where they split up too so mm-hmm. you know. yeah so do birds can't talk mm-hmm. do birds especially like migrating birds because i feel like at the so at Starter's Neck, there's a pair of... Oh, where are they? Night herons. Yeah, the night herons. I love those guys. Do they migrate? Because, um, like, I haven't seen them in a few months. They think they do. I think they typically go south. 
Okay. I've seen them in Hawaii. Yeah. So. But they seem to always come back and find the same literal tree. Is that they common? have like a yeah they have like a internal GPS unit in their mm. brain. Um, so the it's like a magnet almost to the, like uh, the <laughs> earth almost. Wow. So it just guides them home into where they should go to, for, for the winter yeah. versus if so they're they got ever like a that's winter home a summer home and they yeah. know how to and that, not every bird has that yeah <laughs> exactly wow yeah a lot of people will track you know the birds with the bands yep that's really cool to um, find a bird with a band and then find out it's from California right. in 1990 it was born yeah. there and then it's now here in yeah. Massachusetts say oh excuse me sorry <laughs> I'm okay. a baby with my bedtimes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because so, so I, I always wondered that. Yeah, so like, you know, they'll mate for life. So if they do get split up, say, when they're migrating, they would maybe find each other At, by like... When they come back in the spring. That's so cool. Because they're supposed to go back to the same area, you yeah. know? And then obviously they ha have their own vocalizations and communications through mm -hmm. feathers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing about birds. Like, <laughs> anything bird-related is just going to be like... It's going to just be, like, mind-blowing. Um, I got to pee real quick, so I guess you want to just take a quick break? Sure. Take five? Awesome. Um, yeah. Did with. Um, all right, back from my pee break. Uh, I got to empty this. Yeah, sorry. Um, all right. So, yeah, hawks are pretty, in my opinion, exotic. Um, just because I, again, know nothing about birds. Um, what, uh, what's the most exotic animal you've worked with? Um, and what's something, I guess, you've never worked with, but you look forward to in the future? Um, so... Uh I've interacted with a lot of animals that would people would <laughs> consider exotic. exotic yeah. So that's like <laughs> hard to say for me, a hundred percent. But um, I think a really cool experience I got to do was um, interact with the white lions at uh, Capron Park Zoo. Okay. So I got like a behind the scenes tour because I knew one of the zookeepers, and it was really cool. Mm. I got to meet a lot of their um, animals there, and the lions were definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, Are they? Are they truly just big cats? Yeah, obviously they pretty much. It, they could destroy you. Oh, but yeah. like <laughs> just how a cat would throw a hissy fit. Yeah, they're just the same. They're way. the same. <laughs> That's so funny. They are unpredictable. A little bit more unpredictable. Yeah. But were you nervous? A touch, but like there was a good uh, like a wire screen before between us, so okay. I wasn't too worried. Um, chain link fence, not wire screen. Uh, they'd <laughs> yeah. go through that real quick. Just a little mesh between yeah, us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing the claws could get through, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. The most... The animal I have want to interact with is probably pretty much anything Australian or from Thailand. I would mm. love to travel there and just their wildlife. I want to yeah. be out there. Steve Irwin, <laughs> go yeah. catch a you know, uh, snake. <laughs> Australia is scary. Uh, so is in Thailand. But also, you. it would be so much fun, you know? Just... All the reptiles, there's yeah. so many uh, snake species, venomous, non-venomous, mm -hmm. uh, bugs that, you know, wouldn't imagine <laughs> your wildest dreams, so. Probably huge, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. And just, like, mammals and birds, and obviously, but those, I have no specific thing that I want to specifically work with mm -hmm. or interact with, but I would like, like, the, the national species as well, so yeah. Australian or Thailand or even Japan, there's just so many things out places out there that I want to go to and just like interact with their environment. 
Yeah, Thailand sounds scary because I'm just picturing <laughs> a lot of like swampy. Maybe Thailand rainforesty, not swampy, but like yeah, just yeah. like a lot of like they got elephants, they got like tigers, they got deep in water, and I don't know what I'm surrounded the, by. That, and that's yep. terrifying. Like, Venomous snakes around the corner yeah. everywhere, you know. Yeah, that's. But they respect their <laughs> their environment there. They respect the snakes. You gotta just be careful where right. you step. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, would you have to, like, out in the wilderness like that, backpack camp? I think so. Like, just stay I in a regular a of, tent? Yeah. I Ooh. think there's, like, a, like excursion groups that you can do to, you know, you go on, on, like, a boat to a certain area or you go on a hike to a certain area. Okay. Um, just to experience, you know, the wild. And then go back to civilization. Back to camp, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I would not want to be like. I mean, camping in New England is already like I'll do it. Like we'll go backpack camp. And I'm like, oh, I hope we don't get eaten. But like, I can't imagine doing it out in Australia where it's yeah. like probably gonna get eaten. Probably, slight <laughs> yeah. chance, you know, never zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some scary spiders and stuff over there. Um, are there chimpanzees in Australia? Okay, it's the scariest animal to me in the the. I think, I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather have a grizzly bear be in my vicinity than a chimpanzee. Any certain reason why? I just the horror stories behind chimps. <laughs> like, like I feel like with a bear. And maybe not a grizzly bear. I don't know enough about grizzly bears. I know, like, a brown bear and a black bear. They'll yeah. probably, like, not even come near you. You know, you can, like, spook them or whatever. Uh, but I imagine, like, if a grizzly bear got mad at me, it would just, like, kill me and eat me. And it would be painful and it would <laughs> suck and I'd die. But, like, chimps don't necessarily kill you but they take everything away from you like you i don't just, want fingers you know <laughs> i know like i've heard yeah like travis the chimp or like <laughs> did you hear about the one with like that the guy brought out a birthday cake you hear about that no. one? Oh, it's brutal um guy had a chimp i think is it five years old they start to get like sexually mature just crazy <laughs> and so you know he he brings it to like a chimpanzee rescue yeah um where it gets to live with other chimps playing trees whatever uh well he goes the next year to visit the chimp brings him a cake and all the other chimps got upset and angry broke out of their cages i mean they bit his fingers off his nose his mouth bit his dick off Sounds like Planet of the Apes just, there. Yeah, you know? just literally. But they didn't kill him. They took yeah. away everything from him. And, like, I feel like there's a lot more calculation that goes on with them than, like, a like a grizzly bear. I feel like it's just going to be like, oh, I'll kill you and eat you. Whereas a chimp's like, I'm just going to, like, destroy you but not kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to make you suffer. And, like, yeah, they freak me out. They're strong. They get ridiculously angry and they'll just rip you like apart. I guess I don't know. So the, that that's it. That's like I mean, that's logical. To so. me, that's the most terrifying animal. 
Uh, especially because I watch a lot of Joe Rogan. So, like, he talks about chimps, and it's just like, oh, I'm good. Um, so, I guess, are there any animals that you feel that way towards? Uh, and are there any animals where you'd just be like, no, nah, I'm not working on that because it's, like, too extreme? Or are you pretty much, like, bring it on? I'm pretty bring it on. I am scared of jellyfish. I don't know what about Interesting. them. But jellyfish, I'm... A little like if you, I'm like, stay over there. You're okay. pretty from afar, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I was just told so many stories growing up about like box jellyfish, man of mm. war, and I go to Hawaii every year, so okay. um, they're in Hawaii, and mm. I'm like, I'm just waiting for the day I <laughs> get zapped and then I drowned, and yeah. you know. Is that what happens? You like lose consciousness. For some of them, you can die within like two minutes or something like that, mm. and I'm like, I'm just. Paranoid about that, you know, full moon, stay away from the water type mm. of thing. Um, but I would still, if given the opportunity to do it safely, probably still work with them, honestly. What, I'm trying to think, what, what, work, what work would be involved in a jellyfish? I'm not sure, 100%, obviously, like, aquarium stuff. I know? just think of them as goo, they, <laughs> like yeah. floating goo. Out of... Yeah. Um, but they have, do they have brains? So... I don't. I haven't done a lot yeah. of research into jellyfish because I don't like them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're just weird. They just like exist. You know, they're alive yeah. and they exist. You know, what it is to be without a brain <laughs> or heart or I mean, I know a lot of um, like man o' wars and box jellyfish. It's like a bunch of organisms together okay. making up those the tentacles and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like a team effort of hmm. organisms, um, but. It's so weird to me. I'm like, that's the thing that scares you. Okay. Yeah. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. Uh, It will be haunted for them, by them forever, (laughs) you know? Nothing too crazy otherwise. I'm like, crocodile, sure, let me jump on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Lion, let me go pet it. Jellyfish. Yeah. Jellyfish. Would you work on a chimp? I think I would to an extent. I mean, monkeys, apes, they're intelligent beings, Mm -hmm. so they know what they're doing. At the same time, I'm like, yeah, like, do you ever go... They're like children. They throw tantrums, and when they do, it can be dangerous, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be hit by a gorilla. No. Uh, I always get freaked out at, like, the Franklin Park Zoo. I don't yeah. like going into the gorilla, because <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way that, like, there's a certain look in their eyes compared to, like, if you're looking at, like, the hyenas. I don't yeah. know. There's just... I think it's because they're so... Like, I see myself a little bit. You see the intelligence. Yeah, like I'll see mom sitting there with like the baby and just the way they're like looking back at you and you're just sort of like, (laughs) like you can feel something in their eyes and it's just, I always just feel like, I don't like going in there. Yeah. It just makes me feel, I think mostly because I feel bad. I I feel bad looking at them. I don't know if they're sad, but sometimes they look a little like. I believe you know. as long as they're given the proper stimulation, zoos yeah. are good. Yep. Um, and they're good uh, for conservation, you know, <laughs> genetic diversity, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, zoos, there are bad zoos, there are good zoos. Of course, yeah. Um, but I believe as long as they have the proper enclosure mm-hmm. um, for space-wise per animal, um, you know, proper stimulation, diet, stuff like that, yeah. um, breeding, stuff. Um, Favorite movie, by the way. Uh, we bought a zoo. That was a very I cute movie. I love that movie. It makes me cry literally every time. Oh my I goodness. cannot put that movie on and not cry. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, and I've heard a lot about zoos too, where it's um, like 
they have animals that specifically just can't be back out in the wild and i think that's pretty cool because obviously yeah. like a lot of these the animals that they even have zoos are bred in captivity so they don't even know mm-hmm. what wild is right. they and wouldn't, they pre- wouldn't make it they wouldn't make it they don't have the instincts yep. instincts they would learn from their parents you know mm-hmm. lion to hunt you know right. obviously they're gonna display certain aspects of it but it's not to the full extent mm-hmm. um so it's it's something that you know you release a lion they're not gonna live that's why there's sanctuaries mm-hmm. for when people stupidly buy large breed cats that don't know what they're doing yeah um so in texas don't they have like ton of Florida, tires like there? everything like yeah certain yeah. states allow you to have it i mean yeah. if you're gonna do it Isn't right it's... go for it but if I you're not gonna it's... do it right yeah i think it's something like there's more tigers in texas than like in the wild and that's eventually like, that's like a huge thing crazy like everyone wants the young little kitten and then it grows into a big cat and then mm-hmm. they get destructive because it's a big cat needs (laughs) your it needs a savannah your couch isn't gonna be scratching more it's gonna be your flesh (laughs) yeah exactly um in uh with all the rehab work you do Mm -hmm. i mean you named like 83 different birds that you've (laughs) that you've helped um you know i i what i see from you know you talking about it is that's a pretty big time commitment and it sounds like a resource commitment maybe not necessarily monetary like definitely monetary but also just like i don't know needy and like you know you have to you know it's a constant thing um someone like myself i mean i've got dogs seven days a week um i'm really bad at saying no and like (laughs) taking a day off um so, so, so like I'd love to help obviously because I love animals mm-hmm. um I guess I just other than like donating someone like me with a super crazy busy schedule like let's say you're a doctor working in Boston um is donating really the best way to like help or they're donating's a good else? way because that money rehabbing is all free you mm-hmm. don't get any monetary no right. help from the government nothing you're doing it on your own dime your mm-hmm. own penny um your own time so donating does really help and continued donations really help rehabbers um there's some rehabbers that help each other with like monetary stuff too um some vets that are rehabbers will help rehabbers with lower cost stuff um but also volunteering volunteering can be a really good way to get into rehabbing so you're Mm -hmm. learning from either a rehabber that's letting you shadow um the wildlife center in weymouth lets you volunteer um depending on COVID, I don't know what their rules are right now, but um, volunteering, taking care of their education animals, which include a red-tailed hawk, um, a raven named Dova, which I gave them. So um, a a whole bunch of animals. So, um, and you get that experience on medicating, you get that experience Mm -hmm. on cleaning. The big thing is cleaning. Everything shits. So that's what you're going to be taking care of (laughs) is cleaning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With wildlife, it's really easy because they don't want to be handled. They don't want the interaction with people. So you medicate them, you feed them, and then you leave them alone. Gotcha. Some need medications twice a day. So they get meds twice a day. Okay. Three times a day, babies that's like get your interaction with them essentially. Exactly is, for adult yeah. animals. I mean, if it's a baby, it's a little bit more because you're feeding it. Mm-hmm. But you take steps to in precautions to, so it doesn't habituate or imprint right. on you. Um, and then there's also you know um, just making sure everything's medicated properly. So um, you get 
you learn drug dosaging too. So it's really cool. You get a lot of uh, hands-on experience just volunteering from, like I said, the wildlife center, the re- um, rehabbers will sometimes let you depending on the rehabber and if it's at their home. A lot of rehabbers okay. do this at their home. Yeah. Yeah, um, in your backyard. You oh, yeah. Huge <laughs> the big aviary, aviary yeah. yeah. Um, um, which I assume you had to build or buy, you know, yeah, on your own. Yeah, on my own. Everything's on my own. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, you know, Even the meds, do you, I assume you get a, like maybe you get a better price from like a you vet, get but like a lower price from certain vets. Some vets don't, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends. Okay. Um, and then you keep a lot of stuff for huge animals, so you get mm-hmm. like a bottle of like antibiotic instead of just per dose per animal. Because okay. once you know that um, calculation, you can just calculate it for the next animal for the same issues. Gotcha. So stuff like that. Um. Otherwise, uh, that's pretty much how you can get started. The Mask of Wild, um, Massachusetts Government Wild Organization. There we go. Mask of. <laughs> um, you go to their website. They have a bunch of rehabbers listed, um, and you can contact them if they're available. They're very busy, so yeah, don't get frustrated if they don't answer right away. But yeah. um, you can email them, reach out, just be like, I'm looking for volunteer opportunities to learn. I'm kind of interested that you um, even have a rehab or class that you okay. can learn how to do drug calculations, handling, bandaging, stuff like that. Mm. Um, Which, I mean, even if you're not, like, doing rehabbing, is probably still good skills to have it anyway. It is really cool skills to get. Yeah. Um, just so you know, if you ever find an animal on the side of the road, mm-hmm. um, obviously get to a rehabber or a rehab facility ASAP. Don't be taken out, taking pictures of it, cuddling it. Yeah. That animal does not want anything to yeah, do with you. Don't necessarily bring it home. Yeah, yeah like, you're going to stress it out and kill it before it even makes it to a rehabber. If you're petting, you see those videos on like the dodo where yeah. they're cuddling the, the wild fox that is a baby and that thing's trying to get away. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it loves me now. And that animal is just not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> a lot of animals sadly died that way there were aliens mm-hmm. big alien touching them and they're they don't understand right. they're a wild animal don't touch them yeah, yeah <laughs> i'm in not, a box it's not a dog even if it looks like a dog exactly you know what I mean? <laughs> put it in a box keep it in a dark quiet place if it has trauma do not give it heat because mm. you'll cause uh blood flow to heat continue oh. open up the veins you know interesting yeah so that's like a big thing. And then don't give it water. Do not give it water. Do not huh. give babies water. Don't feed it water. Why? They aspirate. You you, they, you see videos where people are pouring water huh. in their mouths and the things like agonal breathing. Yeah. It, wow. That is not the time to give it water. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I... Don't I mean, feed it. Don't water it. That's put good it in a box. for me because like <laughs> that's what I would... Yeah, be like, oh, does he need food and water? And, uh, meanwhile, okay. it's trying to die, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. To speed up the process a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, put it in a box. Keep it in a nice, quiet place. Don't play with it. Yeah. And then get it to someone who can take care of it ASAP. Don't try to fix it yourself because more likely or not, you're going to kill it. And then you're going to feel discouraged. And then right. it's just not a set. Especially if it's a rabies vector species. That's... Yeah. Don't be playing with the raccoons. Don't be playing with the rats, uh, skunks or bats. Mm-hmm. The more you touch them, the worse, more exposure you get. And... Yeah. From fish and wildlife, they'll euthanize that animal, especially if you're not wearing proper equipment. Okay. So you have to have a mask, goggles, gloves when you're handling these guys. So yeah. if you're just putting it in a box, use a towel, use gloves. That's it. Okay. Because they're rabies vectors. Rabies yep. will kill you. So. Yeah, I saw on Reddit. 
sorry, just in awe, just thinking <laughs> about it, of a guy, it was like black and white footage of a guy that had rabies, and it was like, oh. It's not, like, I think there's only one person that survived. Crazy She has looking. a lot of issues from it. Yeah. They had to put her in a coma. She, it was, it was not good. Ninety. I now I can say ninety nine percent of people have died that have yeah. gotten rabies. Yeah, yeah. So don't mess with wildlife if you don't exactly. know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, people go get educated <coughs> before you start. Me. Uh, Not COVID. <laughs> get educated before you start. Uh, you Handling know, things. trying to help 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 things. Yeah. You mean well, but don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, I wanna throw this kind of tough question at you okay um it's gonna be a bunch of cons about your job oh yeah um i know well. <laughs> <laughs> uh and i want to get it to basically considering all the cons especially somebody who's maybe looking at becoming like a vet tech or is thinking about it they might hear this list of cons and just sign it off right away as yeah i don't want to deal with that um, so I'm curious as to, I guess, you know, what you'd say to someone like that. Um, so, and I just pulled this off indeed.com. Um, I assume the numbers are close enough. Um, looks like in Massachusetts, so depending on where you're at, it might vary. Uh, but in Massachusetts, vet techs will make about 35K annually, which comes to about 1925 an hour. Um most likely you're going to be working more than 40 hours a week. I imagine this is not a job where like, all right, it's five o'clock. See ya. It's like, if there's an animal that like you're, yeah. you're staying. Um, so to earn that 1925, you've, uh, for that hour, you might have to deal with upset owners for one of any million reasons, um, aggressive or uncooperative animals, euthanasia which is something i could that i couldn't be a vet tech for like that one reason besides also like the gore <laughs> i'm a big baby um and seeing severe injuries from trauma or neglect um which i've come to find out is quite frequent it seems like uh at least in the er um so i'd like to maybe have you talk to me about the I think it was last Saturday. I had a Grinch photo shoot. It was really heartwarming, and then you kept sending me all these things like that were sad. I um, warned you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess if you could maybe give me a rundown of like that Saturday, like all the crazy cases you saw, um, not to like gross people out, more so. You know, I want to know like. Like, obviously, we know, like, the general public, all right, you're a vet tech, you're going to have to deal with whatever injury this animal comes in with. I guess a lot of people just don't realize how frequent, like, crazy, crazy injuries uh, occur. So, so that, yeah, so Saturday was, it was a sad night. There was, seemed to be a lot of death, mm -hmm. um, which I imagine put you and maybe the other techs on edge, not sure. Um, so, so having considered all that, so why haven't you quit? And I guess before, why haven't you quit? Could you maybe just, yeah, go over like Saturday and just all that craziness? I know 
what was it? There was a Yorkie hit by a car. There was someone in a oxygen box. Yes, yeah. 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 So uh, there's a big difference between general practice and ER, so keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, ER, you're going to see a lot more sick, injured, and unhealthy pets. Um, neglected as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that Saturday was pretty busy. Weekends tend to be the busiest because that's when people are getting home or they just got paid that Friday. You know, they're right. trying to get their pet in. Um, not to say that, you know, you shouldn't wait to do certain things when for a payday. Obviously, mm-hmm. some pets need to be seen sooner than that. Um, but a lot of people are coming in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Um, that tends to be the biggest, busiest days of the week. Um, and people not working Saturday, Sunday, so they're at home seeing behaviors that they wouldn't normally see if they're at home at, um, or at work mm-hmm. um, with their pet. So Saturday, um, we got a lot of things in, um, a lot of ma- minor things, so like cuts, broken toenails, um, eye issues, um, a lot of ingestion, so things that eat chocolate, raisins, stuff that are toxic, mm-hmm. um, foreign bodies, so socks, shoes, rocks, anything weird wild and wonderful you know <laughs> um the main ones uh being high priority animals um so hit by cars so obviously yep. trauma you worry about blood loss injury stuff like that mm-hmm. um the i saw hyometra which is uh intact female that has infection of the uterus um and then the dog fight was pretty rough. That was um, probably one of the worst ones I've seen in a while where they tore that dog up pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the dog in an oxygen tank coated. He was already in ICU. Um, that was pretty sad. He seems stable, but you can, you're can you in ICU for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so what exactly is the oxygen thing? Is it- so it's a big tank almost. Uh, about this, So theirs is like about the size of this table. Um, and it just has, uh, pressurized air going in. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah. So it's just pressurizing the air. It's just direct air. Um, so it's getting absorbed at the uh, maximum capacity, um, compared to just, you know, standing out in in respiratory distress, you're having a hard time breathing. It's a little easier in an oxygen tank. Okay. So a lot of, it's like, is that, is that pretty much the last step? Like, if, you, if you're having trouble in there, is it? I mean, not necessarily. Things can bounce back. That dog was bouncing back and forth between doing well and not doing well. Mm-hmm. And that night just happened. He crashed. Um, I was hoping he'd have good um, chances, but he ended up not making it, which sucks. They did CPR um, and uh, gave it breaths and medications to try to get it to spark back to life for a good, like, 20 to 15 minutes um, before a doctor called it. Um, There's only so much and so long you can put into the dog before Mm. it's just you're feeding a dead body drugs. Yeah. Now, did was, and you might have said his condition earlier, Did is it some sort of like lung blockage he had, like asthma? Did he have... So I'm not 100% sure his issue. Um, I wasn't part of his case when he came in because he came in before I started working. Mm. Um, and was there for a couple days prior, already in the ICU. I typically just stay in the ER. Um, Usually from the ER, we transfer to the ICU. It's combined rooms, so we go, we walk back and forth between them all the time. 
but I personally didn't know his case. Uh, but it could be anything from respiratory distress, um, something causing that, um, you know, blockages can do that too as well, pneumonia, all types of stuff. Poor dog. Yeah. It's like sad. And like to think like he's just like one of the, you know, plethora cases that you had to deal with even just that night. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. It's crazy. So you gotta be very strong. Mm-hmm. You gotta I be do it. mentally very Telling strong. Everyone right now, I could not do it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be very mentally strong for the ER. Um, if you don't think you are, general practice is a good place to start. Um, it is one of the most high suicide rates for any profession. Okay. Um, there's a program called Not One More Vet, which they're supporting you know vets and technicians um, mentally um, for mental health reasons because there's just so many people that kill themselves over you know mm-hmm. clients over and anal- starting animals dying just a hard day you know some people go into you know vet med because they love animals but they already have mental health issues right. um it and then pushes them it pushes them over the edge um so you gotta have like minimal feelings yet you can't mm-hmm. bond to any certain animal if you're going through er okay yeah i mean obviously we all have our favorites right. and but you got to take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be, you know, minimal feelings. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for euthanasia is if you go into euthanasia, a client doesn't want to see you crying over their pet. They, they're they trying to mourn themselves. Make it worse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can be supportive, but don't, you don't want to be over emotional because then it makes it harder for the client. It makes it harder for the owner and um, the, the animal, um, just the emotions. They can sense those emotions. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that dog fight one was. That was a hard one. Yeah. That was a really hard one. That was one. gross. <laughs> like, just, and again, not to laugh, but it's just like, oof. You got to have dark humor. Yeah. Um, in vet med, sadly, it's all, how a lot of people get through is to be able to laugh at, you know, certain mm. things that, you know. No. This is like the 10th dying dog, but the owner requests a nail trim, mm. you know. Yeah. You got to laugh at that. You're <laughs> like, they're like, don't forget the nails. Yeah. Don't forget to clean the ears. Yeah. It has an ear infection while it's hit here for a hit by car. Yeah. Like <laughs> you gotta you gotta kinda shake it with a grain of salt yeah, and yeah. laugh at it. Otherwise it, it is it's sad. Yeah. So um, most most visits that come in are they pretty like so obviously you work at two different places. So in as far as the ER goes, are most of them legit emergencies that need to be I'd say fifty fifty. Yeah. Um a lot of them I get um some of them are just like Stuff that the general practice can see, but they couldn't get in for an appointment. Okay. That's one of the issues right now with COVID. Everyone mm-hmm. got dogs and kittens and puppies, and yeah. um, the increase in pet ownership really, you know, affected the um, vet community because there's already a shortage of staff, mm-hmm. um, and there's only so much time in the day. If right. we could see every animal, we would. <laughs> we 110% yeah, I would. I would fit everything I could in. Yeah. But... There's only so many people and there's only so, so many hours in the day to give mm-hmm. people quality medicine. Um, so you you got to keep that in mind. That's why there's wait times in the ER. Yep. There are going to see high priority cases first. Mm-hmm. So hit by car. Um, yeah. Bloat is a really good one because that bloat. will kill dogs. Bloat from like eating too much? So when their stomach flips. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've heard about that. GVD, yeah. um, which is uh, a higher priority of respiratory distress is a high priority because mm-hmm. you're having trouble breathing. Yep. Um, 
and let's see, trauma, if you're actively bleeding, seizures, they're actively seizing. And if it's not seizing, we can't really do much, so keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ingestion of certain things, so chocolate, um, raisins. Would depend on, like, the volume, maybe? Like, would you make the Volume and um, how much time it's been in the system. Okay. If it's been in the system already, it's going to have to probably be hospitalized and get supportive care um, because it... Certain chocolate and raisins are number one for causing um, organ issues. Hmm. So to prevent that or to try to stop it, we you try to get them in as soon as possible. Don't wait, um, so we can potentially um, okay get them get them to vomit whatever they eat before hmm. they digest it and it affects the system. Yeah, yeah you don't want it. Yeah. So those get seen that. a lot faster than you know an ear infection, mm-hmm. a broken toenail. Um, you know those aren't high priority. So when you're going to the ER, be prepared to wait. Bring st- a book, bring your iPad, bring your phone, bring a charger for mm-hmm. your phone because you're going to be waiting. Yeah. And be prepared to leave your pet. And be prepared to deal with your emotions because you're probably going to get frustrated if, yes. if it's not a life-threatening issue. Exactly. Issue. Okay. And people are like, well, I got here before this pet, mm-hmm. but that pet you know, had a more high-priority right. issue. So people get frustrated that they're getting skipped over. Mm-hmm. What, meanwhile, that pet could be dying right now, and right. your pet is stable. Yeah, you almost have no idea when when you're there. Obviously, to everybody, their dog is the most important exactly. thing, right? But like when you're there, you don't know what's behind. You know, yeah. All you have is what's in the waiting room. Really, you're like, oh. And we go what through the all hell? the cases you know? every time we go up there. We go through all the cases. We mm-hmm. see who's most priority and then who's been there the longest. We try to, we do try to get the people who've been there the longest in, but obviously mm-hmm. if something needs to be seen before them, it's going to get seen. Right. And there's only so many people who can go up and grab a case at a time. Okay. And then there's so many doctors. So when I go to the ER, I go through, I pick the most important case, mm-hmm. not most important, but most, I guess, high priority. Like critical, yeah. Exactly. Um, I bring that pet back. I get vitals on it. Mm-hmm. I get, so a temperature, a heart rate, I respirate, I check its gums, make sure they're pink. Okay. Um, I see how stable they are, if they can walk, are they breathing okay? Um, I get its weight, and then I hand the case off to a doctor. Okay. The doctor already has probably four or five other cases mm-hmm. that they're trying to get through as well. So that doctor will take the case, and then in order that they get them and prioritized, um, we'll look at that animal. So. Even though I take an animal from someone in the ER does not mean it's getting seen right that second by a doctor unless that thing is a very high priority, so trying to die. (laughs) Yeah, so you triage who comes into, like, the rooms. Exactly. And then the doctor will sort of triage, like, who do I need to see, like, right 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 this second, yeah. And then from there, the doctor will usually talk to the owner, come up with a treatment plan, go over costs, stuff like that, Mm. and then... They give it back to us, so the same people who are going out and triaging animals to do the treatments. So now we're multitasking treatments and triage. Right. So it gets very, like, people sit there for a bit, and they're like, well, you just came out and got someone else's pet Mm -hmm. five minutes ago, and then you just came out, like, ten minutes ago and got someone else's pet, and then you didn't come out for, like, an hour. Right. It's because I'm probably doing treatments Mm -hmm. on a pet that needs treatments. Do, this is a weird question, sorry. (laughs) Uh, just thinking of like you know sitting in the waiting room. Do you guys have like a loading docks? <laughs> wrong. Is there like a back entryway? Like, are the... 
if if my dog got hit by a car, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, my options, I guess, are I throw him in my car, go to the vet. There's not like a dog ambulance, is there? Or like, not is to there my knowledge. Like a, okay. You just drive as fast as you can to yeah, the yeah. vet. Okay. Um, and then you run into the front desk, either if you can carry your dog with you, mm-hmm. or we have a cart for larger dogs. That, okay. So like dogs that we can't lift, we have like a little wheelie cart that we wheel out there <laughs> and have to run through the doors and that thing sucks to drive but yeah. we got it there <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. and then we wheel your pet out and in, into the triage area so that's something you know hit by a car bring it right on back into code blue yeah um because that animal has a chance of not dying mm-hmm. sooner rather than later I feel bad there's a woman um gosh i'm blanking on her name but um she was telling me she had a I think it was a boxer and i don't know if that it's a common issue but i guess it had a, some sort of i don't know heart. if it was a heart murmur or something and boxer cardiomyopathy okay that's a like yep. a thing it's a breathing and that's why you do your research when you get yeah. your boxers and you do the health testing <laughs> yeah. make sure they got echocardiograms and they got holter testing because that is a genetic issue with boxers Can you pick that up like right right away when they're born or some of develop? them some of them were born with it okay some of them develop it okay so Animals are born with murmurs. Sometimes they can get surgically fixed because there's an issue with the heart. Okay. But a lot of times it's not. It's it's genetic and congenital. So. Yeah. So in her case, I want to say the baby like six months old, mm-hmm. and it started having some sort of I don't know I don't know if it was like a seizure. Or, there was clear sign where she needed to get the vet. Oxygen and, probably wasn't pumping through its. Um, system because okay. the heart is having issues, so gotcha. it's not pushing the air through the system. And yeah, and so it died in her car, like she was at a red light, like stuck in traffic, trying to get to the. And it just yeah, that that was it's, it. You know, it sucks, and yeah. that's why you gotta be very careful about where you get your dogs from. Um, backyard breeders don't do health testing. Yeah, they don't um, check. They just you know breed for the look. You know. Yeah. Um, Here's a good dog for you. <laughs> they are like, prone to it. They do. They can develop it. It doesn't mean you know. Say the parents had health testing and they were negative and they didn't have any heart issues. It can be you know like passed down through the lines. It could skip mm-hmm. the line. So right. you gotta make sure you look through the lines and make sure the previous parents had health testing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just mentioned uh, a minute ago uh, about about cost. Um, mm-hmm. Do you recommend insurance? I personally do. Yeah. So the most optimal time you say to get personally, it, is there like a big split in the, like the vet community about there it? There is or? because <laughs> some insurances suck okay. and they won't cover stuff and they're mm-hmm. like, it's pre-existing. So the most optimal time when there is no pre-existing conditions is before you either get the puppy to That's have it signed up did, yeah. or at its first appointment mm-hmm. and it's cleared. After that, anything that happens is going to be considered pre-existing. So if you are like, oh, I'm going to sign up later, and then later happens, and now your dog has a torn ACL, mm-hmm. and they're never going to cover that. Right. There's some insurances after a year of you know having it, they won't consider it pre-existing, but your dog can't have that issue mm-hmm. or go to the vet and be diagnosed with that issue. Yeah, so that's why we got it when they were babies. It's if you're like, adopting, yep. <laughs> if you're adopting, get it before you even get the dog. Yeah. So that way, it's a clean slate. You already mm-hmm. have it. It does. Keep in mind, it doesn't cook in right away. So mm-hmm. you got to get it before you have the animal. Is the best time because if it comes with an issue, 
you're you're covered. Yeah. Your butt's covered. Because yeah, vet bills can be vet bills are ridiculous, <laughs> and I agree. Even for myself, I can tell you, I <laughs> I feel so bad when I had to tell people prices, and they're like, we can't afford that. Right. I'm like, I'm. This is you know next alternative options. Some stuff doesn't have an option, mm-hmm. so euthanasia is then considered. Yeah. Which really sucks. Because that animal, you know, and people have so much pride sometimes that they won't give up the animal mm-hmm. to give it a chance yeah. because they don't want to look be looked down at. They don't want someone else to own this animal. Right. It can't be owned by another person, they think, because it's only grown up with one person. Mm. And that's true for some animals, you know. They just have their people, but at the same time, you got to keep in mind that may be the best option for certain, certain situations if you can't afford it and you don't have insurance. Yeah. You know, surrendering is always an option. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to jump right to euthanasia. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, some people might think, like, oh, I'd rather put it down than... Try I, I could do. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Like, I've heard, too... Um, I don't know if it's vets or just people, you know, if you can't afford the vet care, don't get a puppy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... If you're going to get a puppy, <laughs> just save up, you know, beforehand. If you're even thinking about it, mm-hmm. as you should, you shouldn't get a spur of a moment puppy. No. Pets shouldn't be Christmas presents no, for other no, people no, no, either because no. you're not giving them a chance Very to bad, yeah. prepare. Um, obviously, it's done with good intentions, but mm-hmm. it can have fatal consequences. Yeah. Um, so prepare beforehand you know put a grand or two away because mm-hmm. that inevitable broken leg yep. or something you know some whatever reason you're going to the er it'll happen because you weren't prepared yep. if you're prepared maybe it won't happen because that's just how <laughs> life works you know um but just to be prepared and you know be able to most places will just require a deposit yep. and that's nice another option um is care credit I really like recommending okay. care credit to people because it's a credit card for care purposes only. So you can use it for your own health, so dental, eyes, mm. or you can use it for your pet. Okay. I love... Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's really cool. I really recommend it. And they can give you a line of credit. And a lot they have a really good um, payback option because you can do monthly payments like a credit card. Okay. But they have no interest um, if deferred within so many months. So no interest if you pay within six months because every however much you spend that you get more time limit to pay off okay. and then if within that if you pay off with it off within that time limit there's no interest. Yeah, so that's nice at least. But if you go past, so that, if you don't have the money like that second, exactly. But you know, like all right, <laughs> two months I'm gonna exactly. Be, yeah. I recommend it to get either get care credit mm-hmm. and or. Plus or minus yeah. insurance at the same time because some insurances you have to pay up front first mm-hmm. and then you get reimbursed after unless you get a approved estimate. Okay. Um, so that's something you can consider as well. Hmm. I really do recommend that. Okay. Yeah, insurance I know can be like... And there's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, so you, you gotta, gotta do, like shop and... You gotta do a lot of research. Yep. Look what's best for you. Look at the reviews. That's super important. Yeah, nothing... When considering a dog, nothing's like quick and on a whim. No, everything exactly. has to be like calculated, exactly. researched. Yeah, and I if mean, you just with happen- any animal, really, if an animal happens to fall in your lap, you know, just be prepared. You know, just do your research on the animal mm-hmm. that it's falling in your lap, and then, you know, be ready to pay 
money if you have to because animals cost money they're yeah. a luxury they're not uh um something you can you deserve yeah here's a story for you and i'm not gonna uh i'm not gonna name any names um i just want i don't want to make anyone feel bad i told i pretty sure i told you about it but um I won't even say like the dog, but a dog I watch uh, or have watched, or maybe I don't watch this dog. Who knows? <laughs> Just say Max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's call him Max. So Max. Max and Molly can be the uh, generic names here. Yeah. Max and Molly. Perfect. So Max uh, is a great dog and he, uh, in a nutshell, uh, the owner put elastic bands to put socks on the dog because the dog was like licking his paws and forgot about the elastic bands elastic bands cut the dog down like uh if you look at the the paw of a dog is it do they all have do claws on the front not all of them is it it's sometimes breed dependent but some most dogs typically do depending if the breeder um, removes them or not because that's a thing that they do oh, can do too interesting they, yeah um so basically like you know you get the paw and then a little above is the dew claw and like right below the dew claw was like yeah the elastic band and it cut like a 360 degree you know just down to the bone mm-hmm. um and so she i don't know where she she brought him but um he was like i guess a day from losing his leg because it was so bad and it was deep enough they were worried about i think a bone infection which i I don't know what that means yeah (laughs) um and so he got uh laser therapy i believe which Mm -hmm. uh so again if you don't have insurance right in this case like hearing laser therapy that sounds expensive like he was going in and getting like for the blood flow and it's like you know so here's here's a case where it was an accident there was no ill intention mm-hmm. but it happened but it's going to be expensive yeah. and ha- you know what i mean so um yeah anyway just crazy story and i imagine that that procedure is uh expensive oh, like so, a couple thousand you know <laughs> yeah like and like what can you do it's not like you can say no i don't want to people do that's crazy people do and really? it, it it's you know we had um a dog come in max Mm-hmm. Max, um, it was a beagle. Um, he actually came from my general practice to the ER where I happened to be mm. after work. So I saw him the earlier that day, and then he yeah. came in. Um, had a foreign body. Um, the dog lost fifteen twenty pounds in the last month. Um, vomiting, not eating, diarrhea. Foreign um, body meaning like a tumor. Or something, so or like- he ingested something. Oh a ball or not sure what um the owner wasn't sure either but he just bought a house Mm. and so he couldn't afford i think it was like five thousand dollars um for the surgery and so you know a lot of people tried to see if we could get him to surrender wasn't Mm. interested he didn't want to take the you know animal home and have him die at home Mm -hmm. because he was not doing well and it was a very sweet eagle and it was really hard wait so what did he do he just let it suffer no he euthanized okay so people who can't afford treatments euthanasia is a little cheaper yeah um i assume you wouldn't like let the dog leave right is it a matter they can leave against medical advice just like humans can um 
because sometimes people will go and crowdsource. So they'll do like a GoFundMe. Right. Um, or we told him about care credit, um, but he doesn't have credit now mm-hmm. because he just bought a house. Yeah. So unfortunately, untimely things happen. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, pretty costly because he, he probably was septic as well because it's been a month yeah. of having a foreign so body. Stuff build up. Yeah. So he needed a lot of extensive stuff done. He was a sweet beagle, but the That's owner went with uh, euthanasia. And if if he did surrender the dog, is there is that it between them two? Is there any chance at him getting the dog back if he got money? Is there a chance to? So I think it depends on the rescue. Some mm. will try to help people. There's something called hope funds that people will donate towards, like other people's vet bills. Okay. Um, but usually when you surrender a dog, it's like ties are cut. Gotcha. Um, but again, every rescue is different. They may mm-hmm. do something for you. They may try to work with you. Some rescues will have their own, like um, MSPCA in Boston has their own um, hospital attached. Okay, yep. So it's a um, rescue um, f- a place that you can just bring your pet and be like, I'm willing, you know, to pay, a cer- can only pay a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Are you guys able to work with me? Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So there are there are other options. It's just hard finding those options, right. yeah. and sometimes that only option is euthanasia. Sadly, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I know. Actually, my my friend uh, she fosters, and she had. And I met I met this. It's Pipple. Not to like add to the <laughs> stereotypical fire, but uh, had a Pipple um, that she like fostered. It found a home, but uh, I think last week it, like, broke out of its yard and, like, attacked, like, another dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, like, it's it's getting youth. I There's some other background I don't know about, like, before she fostered it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, yeah, they had to, like, euthanize it. And it just, it makes me sad sometimes knowing, like, not, like... It's very similar to humans. You can take a dog and you can beat it down to the point where you can't fix it yeah you know what i mean and that that's like so sad to me like it's just like a human you know you can beat them down until they just they shut down you know yeah um and that happens and you gotta keep in mind that certain breeds have certain characteristics which make them more prone to bite mm -hmm. and you know dog aggression does run in a lot of pit bull breeds you know that i don't want to single them out but Mm -hmm. so doesn't um biting is prone in no healer breeds border collies too like they're that's what they're bred to do same cattle dogs same thing with (laughs) pitbulls they were bred to fight um originally you know that's why they're the statue that that they are Mm -hmm. um but you know that's it's a genetic thing and it also is you know people aren't doing right by the dogs so Mm -hmm. they end up in the foster um rescue situation and those people can only do so much before, you know, sending it to a home or euthanizing or behaviorists. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, behaviorists cost a lot of money. Yep. And it's a lot of time it's gonna and be effort. It's discouraging as, like, I feel bad for her because she's like, she must feel some sort, sort of type of, of way, you know, yeah. like, oh, you know, did I do that? It's like, there's probably nothing. It was like too far. Exactly. By the time it reached her, it's like... It is probably too you know. far. It's probably gone through a lot of people in their hand. Like, mm-hmm. some dogs go through so many people, and nothing sticks because it's no, you know, repetition in its life. Yeah, yeah routine. That's, exactly. I mean, that's the 
I mean, all dogs are just like, <laughs> yeah. give me a routine. Exactly. <laughs> give a dog a routine and stimulation and, you know, you'll get a happy dog. Yep. Um, so we were talking a little bit about like backyard breeders. So this, this, this is a, this is one that some people might get offended with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all you French bulldog lovers out there. Um, which, yeah, so they're the second most popular breed of 2020, mm-hmm. French Bulldog. I think, I think Labs <laughs> was the first, and it's always been, like, the first. Yeah. Um, so French Bulldogs and other, I, I mean, I imagine, like, regular Bulldog falls into this. I don't know about Boston Terriers, how bad it is for them, but obviously French Bulldogs known for breathing problems, uh, mostly due to that squished face. Um, and it seems like it's just getting squid, more squished, more squished, worse and worse. Um, I read that more than 80% of their births require artificial insemination and C-section. Yep. Um, they've got back problems, hip problems, eye problems, jaw problems, skin problems, and teeth problems, which any dog could have, but probably not to their extent. extent, yeah. Um, so essentially, you have a breed that can't exist without human intervention. Because uh, I doubt if you have 20% of them able to actually have, like, in some, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, that just can't, <laughs> I just can't see it existing on its yeah. own. Uh, and then, even if when they are born, right, they're just having this life. Filled with medical issues. And I guess I know this can be a little, like, tricky because it's a matter of, like, well, just because it has a hard life doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Uh, but so so I guess all those health issues, are they, because I know you probably see so many of them, are oh, they yeah. actually overblown or do, like, French Bulldogs and Bulldogs really do have, like, serious life, you know, like, I know that they, it's so easy to read, like, oh, they have breathing problems. I guess, like, in your opinion, is it, a, is it ethical? Yeah, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, to get it, like, is it and ethical <laughs> to, like, keep them around? Are they truly, is it fair to say that they are literally just born to suffer? Or, like, is it just a small majority of them, I guess? Like, I, I, I guess, I guess, what is the real percentage of, of Frenchies that are just going to, like, live awful lives based on, like, greedy breeding? Um, like, is it all of them? So, I can't, so... <laughs> it's such a... It's I'm a trying, hard I'm question, trying to, I'm yeah. trying to, like, walk a line here of... Yeah. of <laughs> so yes and no I think to both you know mm-hmm. um, with a responsible breeder obviously you can get um, better a lot so a lot of Frenchies right now are backyard bred mm-hmm. they're breeding for the crazy colors the Merles the mm-hmm. Isabella or something like that um, colors that aren't standard mm-hmm. so and then they're not caring about other aspects that right. go with it there's like a fluffy French bulldog or Frenchie right now. Oh, really? Yeah, that, oh. with long fur. And I'm like, 
I don't even want to get it into that. So, <laughs> so yes, I think they should exist as a breed. And I know that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, no. They're, brachys- they're brachycephalic, so meaning short-faced. Mm-hmm. Um, there are breeders that do, you know, breed healthy Frenchies. Um, obviously, they are more prone to allergies, which is the reason why they have a lot of skin issues. Okay. They're prone to eye issues, prone to breathing issues. Um, a, a good yeah, breeder. Everything seems very crowded in that tiny exactly. little. <laughs> um, and that's the issue with backyard breeders is they're breeding for the squish face. Mm-hmm. You know, there are Frenchie breeders that are breeding for a wider nose. Okay. Um, something I see a lot and do surgeries a lot in are synodic nares. So when the nose airways are pinched off from the nose. So we... Oh, we do surgically. literally it just seals. Yeah. Pretty much. In any Frenchie you see with like a very slim little nose holes mm. is they have stenotic nares. Okay. So one of my vets specializes in bulldogs um, and Frenchies and all those fun stuff. So we do a lot of surgeries at my hospital um, where we open up the nose holes. Um, okay. So they get uh, a stenotic nares surgery. Um, and they have breathing issues with the, the trachea um, being, you know, overgrown. So the, the palate, the soft palate on the top okay. covering their With trachea. That flap of exactly. skin or whatever. Exactly. Um, we'll do surgery to shorten it. So there okay. are things that you can do, but you got to have insurance because that's not yeah, cheap. I'm, I'm getting from this. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> but at the same time. <laughs> they're a lot of money. They're a lot of money. To, again, is but, it a lot of money to maintain so if you're getting a bulldog of any type, just be prepared for vet bulls. Okay. No matter what, they're they're prone to allergies, mm-hmm. either food and or skin. Um, they're prone to breathing issues. But if you're getting it from a good breeder who, you know, you've seen their dogs, they look like they have open airways. You can you can you should be able to hear their breathing okay. and be able to tell if they have an elongated palate or not. They sound like they're purring, struggling <laughs> to breathe pretty much. Okay. Yeah, like that is not good. Asthma attack, <laughs> like <laughs> You want to you want some snorting, I guess, because that's yeah. they are short faced, so mm-hmm. they're prone to that. But you don't want to hear like gurgling. You yeah. don't want to hear purring. You don't want to hear the reverbs from their their, their throat. Right. Um, so, the bulldog, let's say compared to like a bull, I don't know a boxer or like a Boston Terrier. Because I watch a Boston Terrier, and, I mean, he runs around like a maniac. He's, yeah. He seems fine. Like, he never yeah. really has, like, issues breathing, I guess. Um, oops. Did I get one? Yeah. Um, so, is it specifically, like, the bulldog breeds? Or, like, I mean, I know Boston Terriers can have the same, like, issues, but is it just less likely so with, like, boxers and... Any breed that's brachycephalic, so short face, is going to be predisposed to breathing issues. Okay. Um, so either early on, later on, the whole life, you at know. At some point. At some point, they do typically have breathing issues. Boxers aren't as pushed in, but they do have, there's some boxers with really pushed in uh, yeah. faces because they're overbred and, you know, that's what the person was breeding for is a pushed in face. Mm. Um, so typically backyard breeder that's a sign of it you know if they're overbreeding for a certain aspect that you know isn't necessarily gonna benefit the dog you're you're breeding to benefit the dog or to advance the breed to have a better breed trying to weed out those um issues so Mm -hmm. um weeding out you know 
breathing elongated palates. So bringing dogs that have short palates or the nose. That's a big thing is the nose typically for those breeds um, is stenotic. So. so if you got a dog, say you're breeding, what you should do if you get a dog that has one of those issues is not breed that dog. Potentially. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I imagine a lot of the, you know, again, you're going to have like that bell curve of like a lot of good ones. There's the great ones and then there's the real garbage ones. Yeah. And I imagine the real garbage ones are just caring about like the money. how what much they can, can I make get back. From, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watch a double Merle Australia Shepherd and same thing. Like anytime he, the owner says it all the time. Anytime he tries like herding and interacting, she's like, I could just kill the breeder right now. Yeah. You know, cause it's just. Yeah, you, you know. got lethal white, so. Yep. Um, all right, yeah, so if you're getting a bulldog, yeah, prepare to. to Pay money anyway, to, either to way. spend money, yeah. I used to watch a bulldog. I unfortunately had to stop watching him. Um, it was his own fault. I love him, little Baxter. Um, <laughs> he was the only bulldog I knew that could swim. I got pictures of him way out in the I think ocean. I've seen him, you yeah. walking him before. Crazy. But his issue was when he was swimming, he would just drink the salt water and it was like a jet ski. Yeah. And I made the call of, you know, like, hey, I love taking him, but like, I don't want him to die. Yeah. Or like. And that's the thing. They can, they will sink to one. They can sink. Uh, They're not very buoyant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're like walking tables. So, yeah. yeah, he but, used to bump into everything. <laughs> just knock trash barrels over. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, but it was just like, yeah, I don't want you, like, drinking the salt water and yeah. dying. They can so. aspirate. They're very prone to pneumonia. So mm. um, if they he got that in his lungs and, you know, that can kill him. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was heartbreaking. I didn't want to do it. Um, but again, like. It's a matter of safety. Or... Yeah, at the end of the day, like, my job sure is to go have fun with the dogs, but I got I to gotta make sure that the dogs, you know, come home. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of that dog park and swimming, there is... So the dog park we're talking about, for anybody that's not familiar, it's surrounded for the most part by ocean, all but, like, the front gate. Um I don't know if it used to be like a naval base or something, but there's yeah. this one huge wall. It must be like 10 feet tall, and it looks like maybe a dock used to go up to it. Um, and on the top of the wall, it's like, you know, like there's land up there. You have to kind of go down around it to get down to the beach. But the tide will come in, and when it's super high tide... Uh, you can like jump off the wall into the water, um, and I'll put I'll have to put a picture of the wall in the in the video. But uh, yeah, it's like a ten foot wall. At the base, there's like a rock seawall, and this one dog. I, I wasn't there, but dog jumped off. I think thinking like high tide. It was not high tide. Like there was water kind of covering these rocks it landed and like snapped both of its front Ugh. legs and the owner had to like run get it run to the car um <sighs> that's something where i imagine a lot of people would like freak out panic not know what to do like what's the 
what do you think coming from like a vet perspective is the best thing to like do in that situation because obviously they're in going to be in agony right yeah. just snap both of his legs yeah um so i guess a is that something you think you'd see pretty quick and b like it, i mean as far as like advice goes is it literally just get it in the car and go so yeah so don't wait Mm-hmm. Obviously, waiting can either cause infection, make it worse, um, and your pet's hurting. So, yeah. obviously, don't wait. Don't self-medicate because we've had people give, like, Ugh. ibuprofen, Tylenol. You know, that can kill dogs, too. Yeah. So, don't self-medicate. Um, and call ahead, but prepare wherever you're going so they can tell you, you know, if it's going to be a little bit of a wait or not or mm-hmm. is it's you're coming right in. Because most places, if you call and say your issue, mm-hmm. we'll tell you, okay, just be prepared to wait. Okay, come right into the front desk and we'll triage you okay. type of situation. Um, and be prepared to leave your pet at yeah. the hospital because obviously broken legs is going to require surgery. Yeah. Um, and that's not, I mean, not necessarily life-threatening in that moment, but obviously. Yeah, we want to get them back. We want to get them over, yeah. on pain, proper pain meds and... Um, we want to get them in sooner rather than later so mm-hmm. there's no infection and no uh we could get the, the leg fixed because bone walls try to heal itself yeah. over time um you can build up t- t- callus and just star thinking, tissue sorry just thinking of I this know. poor dog in two <laughs> casts oh. I, I don't know how that ha- worked out yeah that's gotta so. be a brutal recovery it is and that should be also something like to think about when getting a dog too is training Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people are like well i like my dog out and that's totally fine and you should crate train though because when they go to the vet they're going in a crate right so they'll make it less stressful crate train them when Mm -hmm. they're young or when you you got your dog so they're prepared so if you ever have any vet emergency it's less stressful um you can prepare them mentally and physically to be in a kennel um, for a period of time and that's something that I find super important because a lot of animals are so anxious that they can make things worse in a kennel. Yeah. Um, and obviously we can't ha- let that happen. So we're trying our best trying to keep these animals calm at the same time as, you know, making it less stressful for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I want to talk about further in like another episode. Yeah. It's just like cray training when, you know, I see I, I don't think a crate should be used as punishment. No. And I see it a lot. And like, it that's should. a whole, that's a whole, you know, can of worms to, uh, to kind of go, yes. go into. Um, but it's getting late. So let me ask you a few sort of interesting ones to kind of wrap this up. Okay. Um, they're a little, little different, but maybe it'll spark some interesting and fun conversation real quick. Uh, so the earth is flooding. You've got your arc built. Uh, why and what are the first pair of animals you board? Like, what's the most important thing for you to get on that arc? My dogs, but <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I think that would be a first answer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but dogs because companionship, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think birds because I love them. Okay. Just and then so on and so forth down my list. Yeah. I'd, I'd get everything on there if I could. So. Okay. So dogs um, and but birds. dogs probably would be number one. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and just thinking about like way deep out in space, billions of light years away on some planet we don't even know about or have a name for. Maybe there's a civilization of aliens. 
And I imagine if you're going to have life, and this is such a deep question that would require <laughs> so much time, but if you're going to have life, I imagine you're going to have a variety of like, I mean, not necessarily, right? If a cell's life, I don't know. But <laughs> let's say they've got, or not let's say, do you think maybe aliens way out maybe have like domesticated animals, pets, vets? Uh, or do you do you think a world like ours, and it would probably be totally different than ours? Well, sorry, this is just, yeah. I'm thinking of so many different like holes that this conversation go down. So let me narrow it down to, do you think aliens have domesticated animals, pets, and vets? And what do you think our world would look like without domesticated animals? Like any, like not cows, no, like if, if, or not that there wouldn't be cows, but maybe they just wouldn't be domesticated. Do you think, do you think it would be possible for human civilization to thrive? Or is that a requirement, do you think? Um, that's an interesting one. Um. So I think yes to the aliens and domesticating. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's just part of intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhere out there, there's probably some type of creature, you know, even if it's like a symbiotic relationship versus a parasitic relationship, you know, right. we have, they probably have some type of relationship with um, the animals or creatures around them in their environment. Mm -hmm. um, that's maybe i don't know it just yeah. depends on how civilized and you know how uh yeah. much intelligence they have yeah, no, obviously we have no uh, like. <laughs> no idea because we don't know yeah. um <laughs> but for us with no nothing i feel like it'd be kind of cold and lonely because yeah. there's only there's some people that you know only have their cat right. only have their dog because they can't make social interactions maybe they could without those things but mm -hmm. there's so many like personalities out there that aren't people people person people people person maybe yep. there we go um, <laughs> that you know feel happier i mean I, mm -hmm. animals elevate our experience in life or they should right um so i feel like it'd be kind of cold and lonely and kind of harsh to a certain degree yeah, it would be like i mean just thinking about like I know milk. Yeah. It would be like that might be a struggle to get it, milk. I mean, like, <laughs> we probably wouldn't even have milk. We yeah. just we might not even we might be ourselves super primitive just because yeah. we you know what I mean. Who knows? I mean, what do gorillas eat? So mm -hmm. maybe that would be us. I don't know. True. Um, if we have the intelligence that we do now, I don't think we would be able to cope without animals to some sort of degree. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Well, that'll. That'll wrap it up just because, yeah, that's been at least two hours. So that was a good, good conversation. <laughs> um, and we will, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for Courtney interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you. All right. Nice.